0: Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Ed Birdsaw. Mr. Birdsaw, how was your weekend? How are you doing? Oh, well, it was a wonderful
1: weekend, considering Arsenal did beat Man United by a score of 1-0. DK Metcalf decided to be the DK Metcalf I know and love. It was a good weekend. It, it was relaxing. It was not a lot of stress for a change, but I don't know how, mm-hmm. much, how much longer that's going to last, given... Tomorrow and everything that's associated with election day, I just want it to be over with so bad.
0: I just uh, don't care anymore. I just want it to be know, over. I said that four years ago. I wanted this to be over, and then once it was over, I was not happy with it being over. So,
1: I just want it to be over, regardless. I just, I just want it to be over because I I'm I'm done with it. I'm done with cable news. I'm done with hearing about the same shit every freaking night. Just. Please, it is. It's it's like with the election. It's like COVID isn't a thing anymore.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's an election. That's what happens when a pandemic happens in an election year. Even the election overtakes a pandemic that has killed at least a million people and infected million millions of people. So
1: you are not wrong about that because not American in... politics is important. Is more yeah, important. not not in the slightest.
0: Which is kind of ridiculous, but that's, that that's not what this is about. Let's be real. You know, as, as they say, as assholes like to say, stick to sports.
1: True. True. I, I am much more qualified to talk about sports than I am to talk about politics.
0: Yeah. Plus it is but, a much
1: more happy, joyful, and fruitful discussion.
0: Depends on what team you root for.
1: Honestly. Well, I don't think we're ready to kill each other over our team choice.
0: No, well, I've made it this far.
1: True, that, that is that is quite true. Now, if you are a uh, Washington team fan, or if you were a Philadelphia Eagles fan, or a New York Giants fan, maybe not. But considering you're the New York Jets, and we only play each other once every four years, dum I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yep, and both of our teams suck. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Happy days.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, Adam Gase gets fired. Because then, before the before next season, because then if he doesn't, then I will be a Giants fan. Because I made that bet on air,
1: and then we may have something else to talk about. Yeah, in but, terms of our uh, our
0: friendliness, uh, how was your how was your Halloween, Adam? It was it was all right. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, we had a few trick or treaters, not too crazy. A lot of people in my in my neighborhood they kind of left out tables. In the, in the front of their driveway and put some candy there. Put some, yeah. Like, nice festive decorations.
1: Yeah. That's what a lot of people in my neighborhood did. They just left something by the mailbox or something, but we, where I live, we just very rarely get trick or treaters anymore. It's actually kind of sad, but Halloween is a silly holiday. I just, I just yeah. don't look forward to it every year. And then when it's gone, we could look forward to Thanksgiving, which is one of the best holidays.
0: It's funny because I feel like for a lot of people, you yeah, the true meaning of Halloween, like the true purpose of the, of the holiday is kind of like lost, I feel like, because it's really like a, it's a it's a religious kind of holiday, sort of
1: The purpose of Halloween dies when you go to college. Yeah. And I'll leave um, it at that.
0: Oh, it uh, doesn't say you're supposed to get shit faced wearing <laughs> wearing whatever costume you can cobble together
1: no last last i checked that was not the meaning of halloween La- yeah. last i checked
0: i don't know it's a pagan holiday you never know
1: <laughs> sure let's go with that
0: yeah um anyway so yeah it's pretty alright my neighborhood uh since it still has a lot of like younger families there's still a lot of kids out there so they're all trick or treating and a lot of the a lot of the parents and all and the people in the house are really like kind of in the spirit of it, and they have a fair amount of candy. So like it, before all of this, my neighborhood was like a prime trick or treating destination in Port Washington. Look at you. Yeah. So we have that. Like we used to get you know the big bags from Costco. We used to get trick or treaters like literally all night. It would be crazy.
1: Well, I I I could personally say that I'm not the biggest fan of halloween and i just look forward to it being over
0: but i haven't trick or treated since high school to be honest
1: i haven't trick or treated since i was 10 really yeah i was done with it when i was 10 cuz i i hated it i still do when i when i have kids of my own trick or treating is going to be i don't want to say i'm going to dread it because obviously i'll go out and have a great, have a good time for the sake of my kids I will make sure that I have a booze cart. Get it? Booze, B-O-O. Yeah. And I'll make sure that I am keeping all the adults that have to suffer going through trick-or-treating. I'll make sure that they are well hydrated. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I'll Um, be very popular. A lot of kids, it's actually funny. I saw a lot of kids wearing, they're just like, I mean, I used to, listen, I'm guilty of this. I've, I've done this before, but there's just like, oh, I put on, I put on like a Daniel Jones Jersey or an RJ Barrett Jersey. And that's my Halloween costume. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've done that. Yeah. There was one year I went into Alex Rodriguez. I went as the ghost of Hofstra's dead football team and I put on my Wink-Rabett Jersey. Jesus. Hey,
1: Ben DiNucci was a former CAA player of the year. That's right. Loved the colonial.
0: Yeah. But he played for our rival, our rivals. James Madison,
1: yeah, our our, our rivals, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, rivals,
1: yeah, big big air quotes on that one.
0: Our rivals are really Northeastern, honestly. Yes, yeah,
1: yes, we don't like anything about Northeastern.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so let's get into talking about these games because it was uh, this is a very interesting week to say the least, as far as fantasy is concerned. A lot of big performances, a lot of letdowns. <laughs> And everything, that in between, again. and everything in between. And uh, let's start off with probably something that Boston fans are not, haven't been used to in 20 years, haven't experienced in 20 years. The Patriots are two and five. They're winless on the road. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I do. And yeah, they they lost a nail biter, a close one to Buffalo after a costly Cam Newton fumble.
1: They should have won the game.
0: Yeah. They they really should have. And um, so buy or sell. Even when Sony Michelle comes back, Damian Harris is going to be the number one of the, the leader of the committee. I'll Bye. say that.
1: Bye. Yeah, Damien Harris looks good. I'm not I'm not sure if he's a guy that you could really consider to be an RB2. In fantasy, I think he's sort of a deep league flex that you can use. He'll get you volume. He'll get you a ton of work. And if you're really lucky, like you were on Sunday, if you started him, he may score a touchdown. So I, I think he's he's kind of like a, a mid-range flex in, in 12, 14 and deeper leagues. In ten-team leagues, I'm not quite sure because I think still you have guys on waiver wire, and even on your benches that probably could do a better job than Damian Harris. But yeah, I, I would say that he he could be useful in in some capacity for uh, for fantasy. Uh, buy or sell. Josh Allen is a sit in tough matchups.
0: Bye. I, w- I was going to s- think about something along those lines also. Like, is Josh Allen ever going to get out of this funk that he's in right now? Because it just doesn't even seem like that's the case. See, I'm a sell.
1: I'm a sell on that one. I just don't think that there's any time that you could sit Josh Allen just because of what he can still give you. I mean, you're talking a disappointing day when he had 12 and change fantasy points. He, he offers a so much. Yeah, he threw a pick, and then he also had a touchdown. So what it really comes down to, at least for me, is Josh Allen still offers so much with his legs that he tends to compensate for what he doesn't do through the air. And that, for me, is so valuable in fantasy when you have a guy that can still get the job done with his legs where he can throw a pick, but then he has a 20-yard run, and then you just say, "Up, oh, okay, the pick canceled out, done. So for me, Josh Allen, is a, is, that's a sell because I think Josh Allen still is a guy that you have to start on a weekly basis for fantasy football. He's a guy that continues to get the job done and is still really playing at a very, very good level. I would say that the Patriots definitely offered a unique test in terms of trying to figure out ways to stop Josh Allen and what he was able to do in terms of having his overall impact on the game. But if we are having a look at what Josh Allen's future schedule looks like, from what I recall, I believe it is pretty solid in terms of defenses that he can take advantage of. And I'm looking at it right now, and it is. He has the Seahawks. He has the Cardinals in Arizona, then a bye, then the Chargers. But then after that, it does get tough for him. Three of his last four games in the fantasy season in 16 week leagues are at San Francisco, at home versus Pittsburgh, at Denver, good matchup, and then at New England. So we could be talking about in two weeks, Josh Allen potentially being a very, very, very good sell and trying to not necessarily get your quarterback involved, especially if you're going to playoffs with Josh Allen, which I would assume that you are not really having Josh Allen as part of that playoff setup when those matchups are three of those four are very difficult matchups.
0: I mean, would you be comfortable starting Josh Allen in a championship game where he's playing the St. Patriots in Foxborough when they no. probably will have Stefan Gilmore back if he isn't traded?
1: No. No, I would, I would not feel good about it. Yeah. I would not feel good about it. And the cha- fantasy championships is where you play your studs. And Josh Allen got you there. And he would pretty much give you no reason to sit him, but you would not feel good about it.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think it's kind of encouraging for the Patriots defense just that they were able to kind of you know, have – I mean, listen, on the ground, it, they were just gashed, absolutely gashed. But through the air, Josh Allen just wasn't able to do a lot. He only threw the ball 18 times. And, and that was, like I said, without Stefan Gilmore, or that was without Stefan Gilmore, who right. was uh who had a knee injury. Right. It kept him out of this game. So yeah. Uh one more buy or sell before we move on. Buy or sell, has Zach Moss overtaken Devin Singletary, or is it too early to tell? I'm selling it
1: for now. For now. Okay. But we're we're getting close to hitting the panic button on Singletary.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they evened out on carries, but obviously Zach Moss got two touchdowns and Devin Singletary had no touchdowns. Right. So that is not encouraging in you, the slightest. No, it is not. But uh, honestly... It's kind of funny. This is one of those rare games where there were no passing touchdowns at all. Right. And there were... Uh, so there were two rushing touchdowns and... Or two rushing touchdowns for New England and three rushing touchdowns for uh, Buffalo. I, I would love to see... You know, it's sort of like Scorigami where you're like... Where you have, you know, like the random scores that you never see. But it's like... How many games have there been where you have quarterback where you have the two quarterbacks both not throw for any touchdowns but rush for at least one touchdown?
1: You would have to, to pitch that to scoragami.
0: Yeah. No, well, scoragami is something different, but I'm saying like I would like as far as like the annals of of obscure football games, I wonder how many there are of this exact scenario. I wish there was just a database somewhere where you can look this up. We didn't have to go in and hunt some pack up for all this research. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. It just really takes a lot of digging because it's just kind of fascinating. Because a game like this, you're like, oh wow, it was a pretty high scoring game, and then you see that Josh Allen came and Cam Newton didn't throw, did not throw for a touchdown, but rushed for one each, and then the running backs did all the work. But anyway, uh, speaking of, well, actually, this is a game where the running backs didn't do anything. And it's the and the Chiefs. This is all air all the time. And oh god. I mean, just just fucking fire Adam Gaze, please. Just just please. Please. Please, no please. No
1: promises it's gonna happen there.
0: Please fire Adam Gaze. Fire him after the Patriots game, at least. I would f- fire Adam even if we beat the Patriots, fire Adam Gaze.
1: You want him fired to fire Dev a trebuchet?
0: Yeah. Oh, no, not even not even that. I want to fire it out of like one of those Civil War cannons. Jesus, yeah, into a rock, into a, into a, into a brick wall. Jesus, he is destroying this franchise. So much for the revengeance for Le'Veon Bell.
1: You know, I thought this was like the lock of the century that Le'Veon Bell was going to score against the Jets.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought it was the, the lock of the century. And it didn't happen.
0: By or sell. The Chiefs running back situation is kind of a mess now.
1: Um, I would say that's a sell. Because I still think Clyde Edwards A'Laire is the number one there. I thought they wanted to get Le'Veon Bell more touches because, of course, Jets. But I would say that it's something to continue to monitor, especially as we get closer to playoffs to see, you know, if this continues because well, if it the does same amount of
0: touches, actually they had the same amount of touches.
1: Well, I, that's what I'm saying. They wanted to get Le'Veon Bell more touches to, because it was against the Jets, but I still think that Clyde Edwards, a still is number one in this backfield. I think that he is the guy going forward that can continue to be called the number one running back for the Kansas city chiefs. So I'm selling, I'm, I'm selling that one i'm, I'm okay. gonna go ahead and sell that one buy sell the kansas city chiefs defense is startable going forward because i i could have said something i could have said something about the, the the skilled position players that comes with the chiefs and and all of that but that's just boring we talk about we talk about the position players i feel like every freaking week so let's just talk about the defense okay. can you start can you start the chiefs defense can they be a startable defense going forward that you rock with every
0: single week. So as far as the Kansas City Chiefs being startable moving forward, you, you look at their schedule. Next week they are home against Carolina with a rejuvenated Christian McCaffrey coming coming off of uh coming off of IR, probably going to be playing. Then they have their bye week. And then they go into uh the the death star to face Emperor Palpatine. And <laughs> except Bill Belichick doesn't play in los in the in the legion uh stadium. Jesus. So actually it's more like if Luke Skywalker turned to the dark side cuz John Gruden's got the blonde hair and all that.
1: Um yeah, maybe like Darth Maul.
0: No. I no. It's not no.
1: John Gruden's not Darth Maul.
0: No. What would what, what would you say John Gruden is then? uh John Gruden's more like a Count Dooku. I feel like.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Okay. Yep. So he, the Raiders. You know, listen, we could talk. We'll talk about the Cleveland game, and you can basically just like throw that game out the window, and then have it blow back into your house because of the wind, because the wind and that game was atrocious, but the Raiders were still able to get to get a lot of stuff done. Because of that wind. And also, lest we forget, the Raiders already beat these, these same Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead as well. That's a tough matchup. Then they go and play Tampa Bay, who is probably going to have Antonio Brown back at this point. And that's not an ideal matchup. Home against Denver is good on, uh, on Sunday Night Football. That's good. Going down to Miami... Could be a good matchup. Going to New Orleans, not ideal. Playing Drew Brees at home, not looking forward to that for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. But for fantasy championships, if you make it that far, if you have the Kansas City Chiefs defense, I would start them because they're home against the Falcons. So I don't think they're they're a lock, though. They're not a lock to start moving forward. Very interesting because
1: I think they are. I'm actually buying it. I really yeah I like what I've seen from the Chiefs defense and maybe yes you're you're not going to start them when they go to Tampa Bay or when they go to New Orleans I don't even think I would start them fantasy championships against the Falcons because odds are by then you're going to have another defense that someone just drops or something like that that's more talented than the Chiefs you'll have a defense that you can go and pick up but at least for the next couple weeks at home versus Carolina I'm absolutely 100% starting them. Then they have their buy. If you can hold them for the buy, I would definitely do it. Because then they have to go to Las Vegas against a Raiders team that beat them, like you said, Adam. They beat them. And I think this Chiefs defense is going to be pissed off about that. But then you have the Week 13 at home versus Denver. That is a shoo-in matchup that I would absolutely 100% play them in. And even Week 1 in fantasy playoffs against Miami, they're starting a rookie quarterback who, by the way, did not really look as good as people say that he did yesterday against the Rams. So for me, Tua. in Tua, yes, in Tua.
0: No, no, I mean, it's because it's, it's, it's because it's Tua that people had such high hopes and all that. that and they that's true. put him on that, a pedestal. That is true. That is true. So if we're looking at this schedule,
1: they have four matchups that you can absolutely 100% start them in and they have four matchups where you can't start them in. So really, if we're talking about the Chiefs and what their lifespan is, you can hold on to them for the next six weeks if you're including their bye, and then you can drop them week 15 when they go to New Orleans if you're still in it. So I would hold on to this defense. I think it's a it, it's a buy for me. Okay. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I I'll, just... have the, I'll have the Chiefs as a top eight play this week. For sure. Okay. For sure. Uh, you know, it's funny. We just talked about Tua for a second. And let's get, let's go to that game. What a nice transition. Yeah. His brother did pretty well also on he Friday. Did. He did. Yeah. Uh, playing for Maryland. I can't. I have to learn how to pronounce his name too. Is it Talia? Tal- uh, Talia, yes. Oh. Talia Tago Bailoa. Oh. Well, it wasn't as hard as I thought then. The more you know uh, about him. Yep, the more you know. So this game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Miami Dolphins, um, buy or sell? The Dolphins' defense are probably going to be the most added defense in fantasy. Of coming off of this performance.
1: I mean, they look good. I mean, you can't you can't fault them for that because they did look really, really, really good, but if we are going and looking at what their schedule has for the next couple of weeks. I love this defense talk by the way. It's very 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 nice. We never do this. No, we so don't. We don't exciting. do we don't do this at all. But I look at the Miami Dolphins defense and I say for the last 5 weeks, they've had double digit numbers. So very impressive from the Dolphins, but I look at their schedule coming up. Week 9 they're probably a sit versus Arizona. Week 10, though, at home versus the Chargers, they could be an intriguing play. And then listen to this run at Denver, at the Jets, and then at home versus Cincinnati. I would say at least two of those you could be starting the Miami Dolphins defense that is at Denver and at the Jets. And if you really want to be cute about it and potentially go have them go up against Joe Burrow, who has looked really, really good and really has, look, has looked like he's turning into a pro-style quarterback before our eyes. You could start them versus Joe Burrow in week 13 as you're fighting for your life trying to get into a fantasy playoffs. But week 11, week 12, those are shooing. So if you want to pick them up and hold on to them for those week 11, week 12 matchups, be my guest. But I think I would wait at least one week To do it, I think you beat the waiver wire week 10 when they play the Chargers, add them before that Charger game and then sit them on your on your bench and then wait until week 11 and week 12 where you have a defense that you could use for two weeks if you are a streaming defense type. So I'm going to sell it, but I do think the Dolphins are a very, very good add in a week's time Um, by yourself. Miles Gaskin is an RB two who you should be starting
0: every single week. Um, hmm. honestly, I'm kind of buying it just because I feel like the RB two situation for it's so fluid now at this point in the season, where if you get a running back like Miles Gaskin, who they got a young quarterback with Tua, rookie quarterback. And they're going to want to run the ball a fair amount. I mean, two only threw the ball 22 times in this game uh, for not even hundred yards. First of all, and they, they were giving the ball to miles Gaskin. Like they were really, really, really feeding him. This is an old school kind of game where even though he wasn't able to get a lot going as far as the average yards per carry is concerned, he's still able to score. He's still getting the volume. And it seems like, um, I mean, Jordan Howard is a non-factor in this offense now. And not only that, but also it feels like Matt Matt Breed is a non-factor in this offense now. And so I think that, yeah, Miles Gaskin is going to be, is an RB2 moving forward. Maybe a low-end RB2, but definitely still an RB2. With how, with how the position is, with injuries and underperformance, inconsistency it's nice to have somebody that can get like a guaranteed sort of volume where he doesn't have too much competition like miles gaskin
1: adam you said the key word right there that i was going for
0: guaranteed
1: volume and you look at his carries the last couple of weeks 16 18 18 week three against jacksonville 22 he's been fairly consistent in terms of the workload that he's been getting and if you were someone that managed to pick him up when the Miles Gaskin hype originally started, good for you because you, I believe, have a really good consistent RB2. And I think what really helps Miles Gaskin as well when you're putting putting him against a guy like David Johnson, for example, is they're kind of getting the same workload in terms of carries, but Miles Gaskin is hauling in reception. So in PPR, he's much more useful in that department when you're talking about him basically on average getting four to five receptions a game whereas David Johnson you're only really logging two or three receptions a game so I do believe Miles Gaskins in RB2 going forward I think is a locked and loaded RB2 I think you plug him into your lineups I will say however in this matchup I was a little bit concerned with the uh, yards per carry 2.6 yards per carry his lowest of the season so far but he did score, which definitely helped his day and added, you know, the scoring boost, 13.3 fantasy points in this matchup. So, yeah, I think Miles Gaskins a, a very, very good RB2, and I think you continue to start him.
0: I have one more. Sure. So, by or sell, uh, people should kind of chill with the Dolphins receivers for a while and not start them for a couple of weeks while Tua gets his bearings. Um. I think if you have to start them, then
1: you can. But I, I would probably fade them if you if you have the chance to do so. Yeah, I I think you uh, you could. I'll give you one more about the Rams. Okay. Uh, buy or sell. The Rams' offensive players are not startable in fantasy. All of them.
0: All of them outside of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. See that is the clarification that I wanted because I think that you're right. <laughs> By, it's just I, I I just don't know with this team. Listen, anybody can uh, listen if Jared Goff can get 355 yards, Sam Darnold can get 355 yards if he threw the ball 61 times, and he had the weapon and he had the Cooper Cup and Robert Woods at wide receiver, but. I it's just not an encouraging performance from Jared Goff at all. And we still have no idea what the fuck is going on with the running back committee because it's, it's at the whims of Sean McVay. And, you know, you never want to, like nobody has mind reading powers. Nobody knows what Sean McVay is going to decide on it on a given day, what's going on with the Rams backfield, because I think you, you thought that you solved it. And I think it kind of, it kind of is, towards what your prediction is, but it was way more even than I could have even thought, where you have Darrell Henderson getting eight carries, Malcolm Brown getting 10 carries, and Cam Akers getting nine carries. It just doesn't make any sense. And the only player to get a rushing touchdown out of this entire fucking offense consistently, the only player that's consistently getting rushing touchdowns is Robert goddamn Woods.
1: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I'm actually going to buy this as well and i will say i will add a little caveat to this is continue to monitor the status of darrell henderson because he left this game with a thigh injury if darrell henderson for whatever reason is out cam Akers automatically becomes a very very intriguing play because there have been a lot of questions about cam Akers given he was a second round pick They haven't really used him all that much. They've decided to really want to go with Darrell Henderson, Malcolm Brown being the 1A, 1B in that offense. If Darrell Henderson is out for however long, Cam Akers becomes a very, very intriguing play. They have a buy in week nine, so I'm not going and adding Cam Akers right now. But week 10, they go to Seattle. Could be an interesting play there. Then they go to Tampa Bay, don't really want to play that at all. Tampa Bay uh, run defense is very, very good. San Francisco at home, again, much of the same story there. But then at Arizona, at home versus New England, at home versus the Jets, and then at Seattle again. That is a four-week run, which is very, very good for the Rams running back. So if Cam Akers can shine from the pack here and be the guy that they drafted him to be, then Cam Akers we're talking about could be a potential league winner. So I'm keeping an eye out on, on Cam Akers here, but I think as for the rest of the group. that's not named woods or cup. I am definitely buying that, that they are just not startable in fantasy.
0: Yep. All right, let's move on to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I don't know. Did you see the picture of uh, Avery Williamson after he got traded? Oh, I did where he was calling a cab. As they say in England, he's a full kit wanker. That's, Jesus. (laughs)
1: Jesus. <laughs> uh did you also see I meant to uh, break this news earlier uh that uh Marlon Humphrey has tested positive for COVID. I did not see that. Yes, I, I meant to uh, I meant to break that earlier. I, I sincerely apologize. I was in I was in mid-sentence. I wanted to get it out, and I saw it pop up on my uh on my phone.
0: It wouldn't be the first time that we break mid-sentence to break news because breaking news is important. True. True. But yes, Marlon Humphrey
1: has Tested positive for COVID-19. So um, definitely keep that in your back pocket in terms of having potential Steelers and Ravens. Um That's not ideal. Continue to get tested over the course of the next
0: couple of days. Yeah, because, I mean, he had four tackles in this game. So. Right. Yeah. Not ideal at all, at least. Well, I,
1: I, I believe, though, he is one of the players that has that built-in uh, face shield. Oh, that's good. So I, I think he is one of the players that has that. So that helps. Yeah. That definitely helps. But yeah, it, it, it is something to continue to monitor over the next couple of days. And hopefully we'll have an update um on all things Ravens and Steelers and all of the all the like uh on Tuesday when we do the
0: waiver show. Buy or sell. The Ravens are more a rushing team than a passing team.
1: How can that be anything but a buy? Yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson just looks inept at times throwing the football.
0: It's like twenty eighteen Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, yeah he he is just so inconsistent when it comes to throwing the ball. It drives me freaking nuts. It really does. It really really drives me nuts it has to be a buy has to be
0: has got to be yeah is jake right is jake Dobbins going to be on a majority of fantasy championship winning rosters uh
1: jake simone hopes so
0: yeah no that's what i mean it's jake that that's the jake i'm talking about yes he, he there are no really, other really jake so yeah he i'm sure really he i'm so. sure he hopes so but do you think so
1: um mm, yes Maybe. I think it just depends on what Mark Ingram, what happens with that. I think it also came down to to words. Yeah. I think it also (laughs) came down to the kind of game script that the Ravens were kind of playing with. It was a negative game script for most of the second half. That's when JK Dobbins really did most of his work. So if they're down in games, I think JK Dobbins is going to get more of a run than Gus bus. I think if they're up in games, then we're seeing Gus Bus. Yeah. That's without Ingram. Now you add Ingram
0: into the conversation and it becomes even more fucking clouded. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's how it was the first seven weeks of the season. True. Very true. Where it was very clouded. Buy
1: or sell. You should be starting every Pittsburgh Steeler note to mankind next week against the Dallas Cowboys. Buy, buy, baby. Buy it. Absolutely. Yeah, if that game happens, and I I'm in a league where I have both Big Ben and James Conner, I'm going to be chomping at the bit.
0: Again, a matchup as old as time. I will be Pittsburgh Steelers sh- versus Dallas Cowboys.
1: I will be chomping at the bit to be to start both of them. So, yeah, that's a big time buy. Big. You still consider
0: that a rivalry? Because I I'm actually kind of wondering. Uh,
1: you- it's it's historic, but I don't know if I would call it a rivalry. Yeah. It's uh, not like the Niners and the Cowboys or the Cowboys and the Eagles or the Cowboys and the football team. It's historic. It has historic value to it, but it's not like an old-time. It, it is an old-time rivalry, but it's not like a current rivalry. I'm not, I'm not going to expect to see, you know, punches or anything
0: like that. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things you only hear from, like, older, like the older pundits on NFL Network where they're just like, Oh, it's a it's still a rivalry. These guys hate each other. I'm like they only play every once every four years. I mean, come on. True. Very true. Yep. So yes, I'm buying that. You're starting the, you're starting your steelers. Yeah, I think it's the easy. It's, it's, e- it's the easiest decision you'll have to make all week. Yep. That's correct. All righty. So next game. Tennessee at Cincinnati. Exciting stuff.
1: We're on to Cincinnati.
0: We're on a Cincinnati. That is correct. We have a we have another Samaj P. Ryan sighting. He scored this time. He did. He did score. And we also have a Deontay Foreman sighting. We did have a Deontay Foreman
1: sighting. And there were many people who owned Derrick Henry wanting to know what the fuck was going
0: on. I was like, where is Derrick Henry? I don't even own Derrick Henry. I was like, where's Derrick Henry? Where's Derrick Henry? What's going well, on? Everybody's used to being having Jeremy McNichols as the
1: change of pace back. But when Deonta Foreman was brought in, everyone was just like, wait, what? Yeah. And there are people who are like, is Derrick Henry hurt?
0: Yeah. But then he was on the field, next play. That's Mike Vrabel playing five-dimensional chess again. The water buffalo and pads
1: going right through the middle of the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Yep.
0: Aye, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so do you want to go first this time? Surely. Buy or sell Corey Davis is a startable fantasy receiver.
0: Bye. He's, uh, yeah, it's him and AJ, him and AJ Brown. I think that, I don't know, maybe this is just the way the game was going. I mean, Corey Davis has been doing really well. Anyway, since he's come back off the uh, off the reserve list, so I think that yeah, he's definitely startable. AJ Brown's still going to score. AJ Brown's still going to get his targets, but I think I don't want to say it fluctuates. It does fluctuate how close the two are going to be as far as production is concerned, but it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be like the gulf between the two is going to be as much as it was this week. I think they're going to be a lot closer as far as production is concerned.
1: I'm buying it. I mean, I look at Corey Davis and his game log when he's played, he's scored, and he scored double the fantasy points in every single game that he's played in so far this year. Back-to-back weeks of 10 targets exactly. I look at the schedule, though, for Corey Davis and even A.J. Brown. I think this is a good conversation to have going up against the Bears, the Colts, the Ravens, the Colts again the Browns, the Jaguars, Detroit, and Green Bay. The schedule for Corey Davis and A.J. Brown does get tougher over the course of the next couple weeks. I think in the middle of this run, where if we're approaching trade deadline and everything like that in in your leagues, and we'll do a trade deadline show and we'll talk about which guys you should be looking to buy low on or sell high on, we'll talk about that when we get closer to trade deadlines. But I think as of right now, I look at A.J. Brown and Corey Davis over the course of the next couple of weeks. We're going to see who stands out amongst the pack between the two of them because they both have looked really good. A.J. Brown's looked terrific since he's come back. Corey Davis has been really good all year long. I really see A.J. Brown or Corey Davis potentially being a buy low that could potentially win people fantasy championships, one of these guys. I truly believe that. And as of right now, if Corey Davis can continue the the path that he's on with the Titans already declining his fifth year option, we could be seeing Corey Davis potentially getting a ton of money from some team that wants to go and invest in him. Because remember, the boy's playing for his cash. So he's balling out. He's having a great season so far. And hopefully he can continue that as the matchups do get more and more difficult for the Titans in the next couple of weeks.
0: Buy or sell, Joe Burrow is a startable fantasy option or quarterback going Bye.
1: forward. Bye. He's a really good. Continue to play him.
0: Well, Hashtag easy. analysis. Hashtag analysis indeed. Okay. So let's move on to uh the, let's stick with the state of Ohio and talk about the the Las Vegas Raiders going to Cleveland, playing the Browns. Buy or sell? The wind caused this game to basically be an aberration on all fronts, aside from Josh Jacobs.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a buy. I mean, everyone struggled in this game. Everybody. I know Nelson Aguilar was a a very popular waiver ad this week. He put up a zero. Uh, Hunter Renfro was able to score. Darren Waller didn't necessarily have the best day in the world. Josh Jacobs looked great but didn't log a reception, which is uh, tough for him, 128 yards on the ground. Carr looked okay. Baker Mayfield just looked, looked meh. And this was a matchup that I think a lot of people expected Baker Mayfield to shine in. And he didn't, but you can blame the weather for it. So
0: Hurricane yeah. Zeta said, hold my beer.
1: Yeah, it really, it really did. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily too worried about it. Um, it was a, it was a tough day. I think everyone knew that the weather was going to be a bit of a factor uh, in this game. And boy, was it, um, I think it, it does continue though, to look, Very, very good though for the Cleveland Browns over the next couple weeks after their buy in week nine. At home versus Houston, at home versus Philadelphia, at Jacksonville, at Tennessee, at home versus Baltimore, not great, but at the Giants and at the Jets. That is outstanding. And I think it's a great opportunity if you if you can to buy low on any Cleveland Brown imaginable. If you could buy if you could buy low on Nick Chubb, I would I would do it.
0: I was working so I was working last night. And I was getting post game for this. It was like one of the only times where I've had to get post game from a kicker because they because the Raiders had Daniel Carlson on. And he was talking about dealing the with wind. the wind and yeah. all that. Yeah. Like almost all the questions were about the wind. John Gruden, John Gruden was like, well, listen, the wind was against us. The wind was against them too. We just, we dealt with the wind. They didn't. That sort of thing.
1: John Gruden, his new profession, weatherman.
0: Weatherman. John Gruden, Basement Talk Podcast, Weatherman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> JR's been a place. Yeah.
0: Sorry, it's John Gruden. It's, it's John Gruden, Gruden. now. Yeah. I mean, you can't say no to John Gruden. No, of course not. Great guy. Yeah. Buy or sell.
1: I guess buy or sell the Cleveland Browns you should be buying low on. Um,
0: buy. Buy low. <laughs> buy, low. Uh, buy low. Buy low. Buy low. Buy low. Yeah, I mean, like like we said, I mean, this game this game was an aberration as far as just because of the rain, cuz the weather, the sleep, the wind, the crazy shit. The it actually
1: it actually the, the the correct term for it was the gropple. The gropple? The gropple. Yes. That is the meteorological correct term.
0: See, this is one of those situations where I can't tell if you're fucking with me.
1: I swear to god,
0: because it doesn't, li- listen, I'm sure
1: it, yeah. I swear okay. to God, they had on the Fox broadcast for the game, they had the the weather, like, the, you know how they show the weather for each game? Yeah. In the weather icon, it was not snow, it wasn't sleet, it wasn't rain. It was grapple. Is it just because they can't say clusterfuck? <laughs>
0: G-R-A-U-P-E-L. Grapple. Oh. See, I was expecting it to be spelled like grapple, but replace the A with an O. Grapple. Grapple.
1: It was grappling in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, it was grappling in Cleveland. Honestly, it's a fitting word for it.
1: Yeah, because the game was a fucking mess.
0: Grapple, just like grapple. The game was a fucking mess. But I I, I do think that people are going to people that maybe didn't pay attention to the weather report would be like, well, my Cleveland Browns suck. They're terrible. I'm going to trade all of them. And then, you know, they're going to get dead diminished returns for them when they're at their lowest and people and opportunistic buyers, especially with the trade deadline coming up, opportunistic buyers are going to be like, listen, I'm going to pounce on this. If I can get cream hunt for like, for, just somebody of lesser value than he is, or maybe two players of lesser value than like, sure. Like two bench players who are kind of good. You can trade that for Kareem hunt. Then yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I do. I think that if you can go and get any of those Cleveland Browns for cheap, definitely go and do
0: it. Yeah. And I think that there are going to be some people that, are going to be even to the point where they're going to be like, listen, I can't have these players on even on my team anymore. Like, I think that you, you might, you might be seeing Harrison Bryant on waivers after this week. Oh, for sure. For sure. He'll be back on waivers. Um, You're going to be seeing like Rashard Higgins back on waivers. Austin Hooper could be on waivers. Austin Hooper could even be on waivers. Dearness Johnson could probably be on waivers. Yeah. And, yeah, this is one of the situations where you can see them coming back next week or in two weeks. Well, I guess in two weeks because they're going into going into the buy, But uh, in two weeks where it's going to where they're going to come back and they're going to kind of prove some people wrong.
1: For sure. Given
0: how light their schedule is. Yeah. All right. So Indianapolis and Detroit. Buy or sell? Philip Rivers is back.
1: Uh, sell, sell. He is an old man. He probably went home last night and tried to have another kid. So I he is. I felt like
0: fo- you were going to say something like that. I he is much. Like, God he is much,
1: He is much more focused on other areas. And no, he is not back. He is not someone that you are should be even considering to add to your fantasy teams at any point, please do not go ahead and do that. Please, 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 please do not do that. Uh, by yourself. Kenny Galladay
0: owners should be very nervous. Um, Left the game with I, a hip injury. Bye. I think Kenny Galladay owners have been nervous all season just because it seems like Kenny Galladay just can't stay on the field, like at all. And it's been... Kind of a will he won't he sort of thing almost every week where you're looking at the at the inactives making sure that your guy isn't there that he isn't there and I think that you know you see how how well Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson and even Marvin Hall filled in for Kenny Galladay once he came out of this game and I mean Listen, the Lions have have a bevy of weapons, but I, th- I just to get back to the main point, I, I don't know. I'm not really, I'm worried, I'd be worried about Kenny Galladay just because of the just seemingly constant injuries that he's been having this season. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a big buy for me as well. I mean, you have to be very, very concerned about Kenny Galladay and his durability for the rest of the season, given it looks like the Lions are falling out of this uh, pretty quickly, they got destroyed by the Colts, plain and simple. And if he is not going to be available for the Lions, so of course, next couple of weeks, it really does start to look like that the Lions may just keep him out, period. And you may not have Kenny Galladay for more than half the season when he was injured to start. Came in late, has looked okay, but now he may be gone for a while. So... Yeah, it, it is a definite concern for anybody that does own uh, Kenny Galladay. They now could be without him uh, for the at least foreseeable future. Uh, one more. One more for you. Uh, buy or sell. Owners should be considering benching Jonathan
0: Taylor. I was hoping you were going to do something about this because I was actually going to ask a buyer sell about this if you hadn't. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. I think, well, frankly, I, I just don't know what Frank Reich was thinking starting Jordan Wilkins over Jonathan Taylor, unless there was something uh, something below the surface that nobody told us about, where Jonathan Taylor like picked up something in the game and he played through it. I mean, I,
1: I don't know. Based on what I've heard and I've been asking around about this, there's been nothing that I've heard so far that says that Jonathan Taylor has been, was hurt at any point. So this could really have just been part of the game plan or game script or anything like that. But for me, it does not make any sense. This is a guy that, again, you spend a second-round pick on. There are high hopes for, don't get me wrong, but we came into the year, Adam, you and I, We were not huge on Jonathan Taylor. No. Well, I mean, that's when Marlon Mack still had a functioning ACL. True. That's when Marlon Mack still was around. Yes. But even with Marlon Mack not there, the consistency for Jonathan Taylor just has not been there. And it has to be a major concern for anybody that does own Jonathan Taylor. You have to be asking yourself, what the hell is going on? What in the hell is going on with Jonathan Taylor, and why is Jordan Wilkins getting twenty carries to Jonathan Taylor's eleven? That is a major, major concern for
0: fantasy. Has to be. Well, especially since Jonathan Taylor just hasn't been doing anything out of the backfield either, because no. that's Naeem Hines' thing. No, he has. He is not. He has not been effective. That
1: that's also part of the problem is that Jonathan Taylor, for the most part, has not really been that good. He had one yeah. good game against Minnesota, and then other than that. He really hasn't been that great. And even against the Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings, he was 3.9 yards per carry. Which is not great. So I'm kind of looking at this and I'm just saying to myself, you know, what's gonna show itself? And by the way, they play Baltimore next week. Yeah. No. So what is that gonna look like? For me, I am really, really, really considering my options when it comes to Jonathan Taylor.
0: And one of them has to include just leaving him out completely. Well, I think in Baltimore, in the Baltimore game, I think the Colts are going to be down early. I think this is going to be, it's going to be a nine Hines kind of game where he's going to get a lot of work out of the backfield. I agree. I agree. Cause I think that's a get right game for
1: Baltimore. And I think they're to fucking they mop can... the
0: floor with, yeah. With Indianapolis.
1: Yeah. Baltimore can go in there and, and stomp on them. Is that in Baltimore or in Indianapolis? In Indianapolis. Oh, well, still. But in the dome, perfect conditions for Lamar Jackson.
0: It's absolutely embarrassing fools. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about a running back that actually succeeded. And we're going to be finishing off these one o'clock games and talking about the Minnesota Vikings, upsetting the Green Bay Packers. Dalvin Cook just making up for lost time. I mean, this is crazy. Buy or sell. Dalvin Cook is going to either be one or two. He's either going to finish as the RB1 or the RB2 in fantasy.
1: If he can stay healthy, buy. If he can stay healthy. That's the big question when it comes to Dalvin Cook. He looked incredible. Four touchdowns. Three on the ground, one receiving. He looked really good, and he continues to show why he should be picked as a first-round pick, despite the injuries, because he has games like this.
0: Because he just goes for his cash,
1: or he just goes fucking bonkers because he is playing for his cash. Thank you, Adam.
0: You're welcome. Yeah, that's I've a learned- I've learned from you that 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 it, the most powerful factor in the world it's not willpower it's not dedication it's not hard work it's monetary success amen to that
1: <laughs> buy or sell Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is the best stack in fantasy football right
0: Is there a word like above buy that I could use? I will purchase um, that, sir.
1: I, would I will say acquire that.
0: I want it. I would want say it.
1: big, 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 big buy.
0: Yeah, huge buy. Absolutely huge buy. I mean, it, seem, it just seems like Aaron Rodgers isn't looking any, anywhere else. It's just Devontae Adams. Only Aaron Rodgers can get away with locking in on one receiver. On... In every single play.
1: I th- I'm i selling it because there is Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. But in terms of guys that you can have on the same team, it is very plausible that you could have Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers on, on the same team. And if you do, I mean, you got to be loving this. You just have got to be loving this.
0: Well, considering that Aaron Rodgers was falling pretty far in drafts. I picked him in a draft in
1: the 12th round. I drafted I him like, as yes, my backup. Please. I'll take that. Sure. You,
0: well, I mean, you you were there. Ever we you you not just you, but you, our listeners, were there. I, you know, I picked him as my backup. Right. That, that worked out pretty well, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me it's a sell because I'm a Holmes and hill, but if you have both of them, then yeah, you, you have to buy it because they they look
0: they look like the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams that we all know and love. On the other side of the coin before we move on to the four o'clock games by or sell? is it time to worry about the vikings receivers
1: no no this was a uh it was a tricky game for uh the vikings to manage given that they only had kirk cousins throwing ample amount of times and when i say ample i mean close to 15 times 14 uh, which was horrific yeah yeah well i was like the game they threw eight times right right so at the end of the day it's not something that i'm Super concerned about. If you are, you can probably get something pretty nice for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But for me, they are holds for for right now. I'm not. I'm not concerned about the Vikings guys.
0: All right. This game, four o'clock. Moving on to the four o five game. First of all, this game between the Chargers and the Broncos. Oh boy. Oh boy, boy. Um, Buy or sell, Mike Williams has overtaken Keenan Allen as the number one in the Chargers offense.
1: Sell. Sell. I think Keenan Allen is still absolutely 100% the number one in this offense. I mean, Mike Williams could be a guy that you go ahead and pick up and you start potentially as a high-end flex. But in terms of a guy that could be at the very worst, he's a wide receiver too most weeks in Keenan Allen. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm selling that one. That Mike Williams is, not, is the number one. Keenan Allen still for me is the number one in this offense. And he is going to continue to be that going forward. Um buy or sell, you should be doing your hardest to try and trade Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay.
0: um I'm buying it. I, I mean, I think Philip Lindsay will probably be the easier of the two to trade because I think Melvin Gordon probably has a suspension incoming. He's spent on the wheel of discipline as some people say uh after after what happened a couple of weeks ago. so. I think that Phil Lindsay especially after this game where he had the 55 yard touchdown people are going to see that and you might you might get somebody that would give you a nice piece for him but I think that yeah I think you're probably trying to trying to sell these guys because this backfield is not ideal at all it just with the fact that the Broncos aren't great they're down in a lot of games. I just don't like the I just don't like the uh the running backs that they're gonna get like a ton of usage. I think I mean Melvin Gordon of course has more PPR value just because he has that skill out of the backfield that he's able that Drew Lock like likes to look at him out of the backfield. But aside from that, I'm not I'm not crazy about this backfield at all. Even though I have both of them, I just I just can't. I can't, I can't be comfortable starting them on a week-to-week basis.
1: I think if you have both of them, I think it's a much easier deal to do. I think if you have one of them, it is much, much tougher. So if you have both of them and you're able to try and work out a deal where you're trading both of them for something else, I think that is a much more doable deal. I think if you have one of them, it might be a little bit more difficult. But if you're trading let's say you're trading Lindsay to the Gordon owner, you're trading Gordon to the Lindsay owner. Then I think that is much more of a deal where having one could help in terms of getting something done. But I think if you're trading Gordon on standalone value or Lindsay on standalone value, I think it could be definitely a little tough to do.
0: Yeah. We have some slight breaking news. We have two defensive player trades. Oh, okay. Desmond King has been traded to the Titans. According to Adam. Wow. Okay. And Quan Alexander has been traded to the Saints. Ooh. Yep. Wow. Interesting. So there you go. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, Do you have anything else you want to talk about with this game or do you want to move on to New Orleans and Chicago? No, I'm good. All right. New Orleans and Chicago. Buy or sell? With Michael Thomas out, Jared Cook is a really good start in fantasy. Well, Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, with the, with the when they're both out, Jared Cook is a good option in fantasy, a good starting option.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to buy that. Um, I was debating starting him yesterday. I did not do it. I ended up going for Harrison Bryant, and that was a bad move on my part, but it really didn't help me. It really didn't hurt me, excuse me, uh, at the end of the day, considering uh, there is one DK Metcalf that really helped make sure that I got the win yesterday, but uh, yeah, I think Jared cook, as long as uh, Michael Thomas is not there, I think you can definitely call him a tight end one, a, a solid tight end one. I think if Michael Thomas is there, then he might be downgraded a little bit to being like a low end tight end one, high end tight end two. But I think he's someone that you could definitely rely on at least most, uh, most weeks. Um, uh, Buy or sell the Chicago Bears? Should be going back to Mitch Trubisky ASAP.
0: I don't. I don't know. I'm selling it. I think Nick, Nick Foles definitely kept him in this game. First of all, I don't know. He had a better performance in this game than he had against Los Angeles. I'll say that. Were we watching the same game? Maybe.
1: Do you yeah. remember the play? On third down, if it wasn't if it wasn't overtime, I'm not exactly sure. I think it was when Nick Foles had the entire side of the field wide open, and he just chose not to run. Yeah, he chose not to run. Mitch Trubisky will run for that first down. He'll get That's that true. first down, and he'll continue to march the Bears down the field to potentially win the game. Nick Foles was blocked off by two defenders in
0: a flash, and he took a sack. Well here's the thing. I mean, maybe they should go back to Trubisky, but I don't think they will. Because Matt no. Nagy is like, Mitch Trubisky is our Wildcat quarterback now.
1: Yeah, I don't think that they're gonna go back to Trubisky. They should, but I don't think they will. Yeah. Sadly. As sad as it is to
0: say. He's like, cause in the in the postgame, he's like, yeah, no, we really like the, the role that Mitch has been uh, has been has been given, and we're really trying to get him into, you know, we're trying to expand the role. That he has in the in the offense, like you know. How do you really expand the role of Mitchell Trubisky in the offense? You Having him be a quarter- fucking starter, you put him at quarterback. That's what exactly. you do. You don't make him your wildcat quarterback. He's not a wildcat. Quarterback. He's a real quarterback. God damn it! Preach, preach. Yeah. Buy or sell. I have one more.
1: Buy or sell. Allen Robinson is a fantastic buy low. Buy,
0: definitely. I mean, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade him personally because they think that even as bad as Nick Foles. Can be, and has been in a couple of games. Allen Robinson has still got his, and Allen Robinson is quarterback proof. We've seen it. He's not matchup proof, but he's quarterback proof.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think he's an auto- that's an automatic buy. I think Allen Robinson is again. He has just consistently been one of the most consistent receivers in fantasy, and here we are again talking about Allen Robinson getting six for 87 and a touchdown, and he's doing that very, very, very quietly. Uh, Yeah, that is a very, very easy buy. I'm looking at his schedule going down the stretch, and it is fucking incredible. At Tennessee, all right. At home versus Minnesota, great. Then he has a buy. Then he's at Green Bay, meh. But then, then this stretch run, at home versus Detroit, at home versus Houston, at Minnesota and at Jacksonville, that is Ooh, a fantastic boy. run to end the season. So if you could get an opportunity to buy low on Allen Robinson, I highly recommend it.
0: Yep. All right. Next game, our penultimate game. And that is San Francisco at Seattle. Jimmy Garoppolo left this game with an, ang- with, I guess he re the high ankle sprain. Uh, I think that, that's what Kyle Shanahan said. He, he re-aggravated his high-angle sprain. And George Kittle also uh, limped off the field with a foot injury.
1: Yeah, those are two good. that I would definitely be keeping an eye on. Kittle, Kittle, I believe they're saying right now is day-to-day, whereas Garoppolo, it's looking like a real doubt that he is uh, going to be able to play on on Thursday. But, I mean, I looked at Nick Mullins. I thought Nick Mullins looked really good.
0: Oh, yeah. Nick no, Mullins he did.
1: really good. For a change. Yeah. It helps no, it, it doesn't help also in regards to the 49ers and people that have George Kittle and Garoppolo, that this is a short week for them. That really, really, really hurts their chances of being able to play.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that Nick Mullins is worth starting, probably maybe against the Packers. In deeper in deeper leagues and two QB leagues, yeah, possibly. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think also what's kind of interesting, uh, Kyle Shannon also said that Jordan Reed is has been practicing, and they might be getting him back soon also.
1: Well, they could be getting him back for Thursday if Kittle's not going to be able to play.
0: Yeah. Even then, I mean, Ross Dweller did catch a touchdown. So. True. It was his only catch of the game. Buy or sell, no matter who the running back is in Seattle, they're worth a start. That's a buy
1: for me that whoever the starting running back is in Seattle should be started. DJ Dallas was fifth on the depth chart and then comes in and becomes the number one guy and has two touchdowns in this game. So yeah, it's, it's very clear that they are a run first team and you should be going and trying to find the starter for the Seattle Seahawks and starting them on a weekly basis. Well, the interesting
0: Um, thing is actually we were talking about this on Friday where we were so confused or so like precautious about the Seattle backfield where we didn't know what was going on. So Travis Homer, we we said he was going to play, but really he was active. Pete Carroll said he was active in an emergency situation. For an emergency situation.
1: Basically, we don't want to play him if we don't have to.
0: It's like what Leonard Fournette did against uh, on Thursday. Right. Against the Bears. We're like, right. if if something happens to DJ, DJ Dallas, we don't want to have to, you know, we don't want to be caught with egg on our face.
1: Buy or sell. You should never play Tyrell Lockett after a big game.
0: I'm buying it just because I think that DK Metcalf is the number one in this in this offense. I don't think that it's necessarily a one a one B anymore. But, really, I mean, I could be wrong next week. I just don't know.
1: It's a buy for me. I think there was a stat that I saw where six of the last seven times after Tyler Lockett has posted a hundred yard game at least a hundred yards, he has failed to register sixty the following week. So it's a concern, but I think Tyler Lockett, you know, that he had a monster monster game last week, and this was the. Uh, DK, sorry for writing you out of the game script last week. We're going to get you back in, and we're going to get you back in in a big way. And that's exactly what happened. So I wouldn't be too worried about the Lockett-Metcalf split. I think Lockett had his big game. DK had his big game. And now it's going to be back to uh, to normal. So uh, if anybody's worried about Lockett, try and go harass them for, uh, for Lockett because, of course, he's been terrific all year long and hopefully we'll continue to be that way uh for the stretch run and for the
0: fantasy playoffs. Yep. Well, if you don't have anything else we can move on to the Sunday night game. No, I'm I'm good. All right. So, Dallas at Philadelphia. This game was interesting.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was great.
0: It was it was weird. Um my fi- my favorite part was was getting the highlights for this game and listening to both Merrill Reese and Tom McCarthy just be completely caught off guard when the uh, ball got snapped over Chris Jones's head for the safety, and Merrill Reese was just laughing the entire time it happened. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was something. Where Ross Tucker was talking about what about press box food, and what he was going to talk about on this podcast about uh, had a filet mignon in the in the press box and then the ball just goes over Chris Jones' head like, Oh shit, <laughs> that's a safety.
1: Yeah, that was, Um, I don't know if that was on purpose. I think
0: it was, but see that they, they mentioned that. I was like, I, what's the deal with that? I'm kind of curious. I think a lot of people are curious. Why would you do that intentionally? The only way, the only thing that I thought
1: of, was that if you get the two points and you get the on- the onside kick, that free kick for the safety, you're down by 14 points. So if you score a touchdown, you're down seven. You kick an onside kick, maybe you get it, and then you need to score a touchdown to tie the game. That's the only thing that I could reasonably think of as to why you would do that, It'd give away two free points.
0: But it's not an onside kick. It's just a, it's a safety punt. Uh, no, it's it's a live ball. Oh, really? Yes. It's a live ball. Huh? Yes. Well, it has to go 10 yards,
1: though. Still. It is a live ball. Well, that's what Greg Zerline did. Greg Zerline took that punt. He booted it as high as he possibly could. And the second that ball hit the ground, it was game on. Football's a weird sport. Yeah. It was a free free kick. So it's, it's live. Yeah. And he, he booted that as high as he possibly could. Got his uh, special teams guys in position to, to fight for the ball, and the second that ball dropped, game on. Game on, so you can go get that ball.
0: I I always thought it was like maybe it was like a field position thing, because it was like, um, you had, because like if you're punting out of the back of the end zone, the Eagles are probably gonna get the ball like the fifty or something, or the forty. Well, I
1: think at that point, it didn't really matter. It was a matter of you either get the ball and you potentially drive for a touchdown and see what you get with the onside kick or you don't. And the Eagles get the ball and it's game over essentially. Yeah. So I don't think it really, it really mattered, you know, in in hindsight. Yeah.
0: Anyway. So buy or sell Travis Fulgham is a startable fantasy option going forward.
1: Bye. He's the number one receiver for this offense. You should be starting him on a week to week basis for sure.
0: Will Ashon Jeffrey ever play a game for for the Eagles this season?
1: No. No, he will not. Buy or sell. You should be looking to trade every single last Dallas Cowboy.
0: Buy. Yeah. It's a buy for me. Yeah. This, I just don't know with this team.
1: Here's a trade that just went through in one of my leagues and um, it's actually a very interesting one. So the trade is, Ezekiel Elliott, Stefan Diggs, and A.J. Brown for Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, and D.J. Chark.
0: That is fascinating.
1: I agree. I agree. I think it's very, very fascinating from the end of the Derrick Henry owner. Yes. Because you're he's upgrading at receiver by getting Diggs and A.J. Brown but he's significantly downgrading getting Zeke. But the good news is that he does have Alvin Kamara.
0: Oh, well, then I guess that's why he's like, I'm going to trade Derek. I can trade Derrick Henry to get to upgrade at wide receiver because I have a surplus. Right.
1: So my guess is anything that Zeke does or doesn't do will be sort of canceled out or helped by the fact that Kamara just catches nine dump offs a game. And is just a fucking freak,
0: and remains the leading receiver in the Saints' offense.
1: Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. That's the only possible thing that I could think of. But yes, you should be looking to trade all of your Cowboys, but not necessarily just dumping them. Like I wouldn't be trading, I wouldn't be trading Amari Cooper for Jamison Crowder, or I wouldn't be trading uh, CD CD Lamb for uh, Miles Boykin, you know, or, or or something like that. You want to get some sizable pieces in in return.
0: Would you trade but, Ezekiel Elliott for Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon?
1: No. <laughs> no, that I wouldn't do. But I think if you could trade Ezekiel Elliott for... Trade back? <laughs> if you could trade Ezekiel Elliott for Nick Chubb straight up, I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. I, I think if you take the L for a week where you don't have a, a true RB1, but you have Chubb coming back probably after the buy, yeah, that's something that I think I would do. That is something that I would definitely,
0: definitely, definitely consider. Yeah. Anybody else you want to talk about here? No, I think I'm good. I'm surprised Dallas Goddard played, honestly. We all are surprised that Dallas Goddard played, quite honestly. I really thought that he was going to, that the Eagles were going to give him the bye to, to heal up even further. And then, you know, the game against the Giants in week 10, it was going to be his, uh, his return, but you know, whatever. I don't think anybody was starting him. Some people might've,
1: and they knew that Dallas Goddard was coming back against a Cowboys team that is bleeding. Yeah. They could have.
0: Yeah. Well, that wouldn't, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. And if that's the case, I do sincerely apologize. Yeah. Cause I mean, one catch for 15 yards is not, is not ideal. No, nope. no, 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 it is not. All right. our. that's it for that. Let's preview Monday night, and uh, continuing the trend of having the Monday night games be kind of stinkers or conquers. You can call it that. Where you have the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, going up against the Giants at MetLife. Tom Brady revengeance against the Giants, except nobody on that team played in the Super Bowl. I don't think. Maybe the long snapper. Maybe the long snapper. I don't know. Well, long snappers, you know, they last a while in the league. So True. Uh, the only injury news for the Bucs is uh, we talked about Chris Galpin already where he broke his finger. But he's going to be out today, tonight, against the Giants. But they did say that he's a 50-50 chance of suiting up on next Sunday night against New Orleans. So that is worth monitoring. huh? I would be shocked. Yeah, that would be a bit of a surprise for sure. uh Devonte Freeman is also out yeah, yeah. For month for Monday night mm-hmm. but probably not. So starter meter. I mean you're starting your bucks in this game. I mean seriously come on. Within reason
1: Brady's like an eight Ronald Jones is like a seven Leonard Fournette's like a five Mike Evans is like an eight Scotty Miller if he plays is like a six Gronk is a
0: eight yeah and then the Giants you, you just can't I mean two quarterback leagues
1: Daniel Jones is probably like a five or a six um Interesting, I would continue to monitor Wayne Gallman, see what he does tonight, um, see if he's worth potentially an ad. Sterling Shepard, I think, is is a very, very reasonably good ad out of the slot. Um, well, that's true, yeah. If you're starting him, he's probably like a 7 on the start. I mean, me. I actually like him a lot tonight. Darius Slayton is like a 4 for me. Golden Tate's like a 3, and Evan Ingram is probably like a 7.
0: Yeah, I I do like the Bucks defense, though, because Daniel Jones, you yeah. know he's going to turn the ball over. Yep. You can he take it to know. the
1: bank. Daniel Jones will have a turnover tonight. So yep. the Bucks defense is like a nine.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast, Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, the quizitational and our new show, The Debate. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Release listen- Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Release Saturday. Those.
1: The first episode of The Debate is out featuring yours truly.
0: Yep. Both of us. Very exciting stuff. Very, very, very exciting. Uh, yeah. So please listen to all of those. Let us know what you think. And keep tuned in for tomorrow, Tuesday, where we have our waiver show as usual. Talking about uh, the Monday Night Game, of course. Talking about all the top performers from Sunday and who you should be looking on, looking at waivers to add, uh, that sort of thing. And then also previewing probably the best Thursday night game of the year, which is the uh, Packers going up against the 49ers. So far at least. Yeah. Yes. So from my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.